Hey everyone, Xander from The Legend of Retro here. I just wanted to give you all a heads up about a very special event coming up in the Metro Detroit area, hosted by our good buddy, The Glitch. That's right, it's almost time for the Morelli Video Game Tournament. The tournament is on Saturday, October 5th from 5 to 11.30 p.m. at the Harris Care VFW Post 3323 in Westland, Michigan. There will be food, drinks, raffles, and all kinds of prizes. Not to mention star-studded appearances from The Legend of Retro and the rest of the GameZilla Media team. All the proceeds from the tournament will go to the Michigan Humane Society. For more information and to pre-register for your tickets, go to GameZillaMedia.com MVGT. Morelli Video Game Tournament MVGT. Get it? One last note that I have here from Craig says, Please give money to our friend Tony. He smells like shrimp and we can only take him to seafood restaurants, which only compounds his issues. If we raise enough money, we can afford enough body wash to get the briny smell off of him. I just realized that was a private message and probably shouldn't have been read as part of this advertisement. Oh well, too late to worry about that now. See you all at the tournament. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes. Or it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I'm Batman. And with me is my sidekick. Wait. Wait. You're not Robin. What'd you do with Robin? <laughs> I'm afraid Bird Boy is gone. Give me back Robin. Where is he? Joker. Well, if I knew that you were going to be upset about it, I wouldn't have killed him. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> that- hey, welcome. <laughs> it was a little dark, but that's cool. Is that, how, is that how Batman responds when yeah. Robin's died? Yeah. Gua. <laughs> it's better than Nani. <laughs> Because it's not Japanese. Right. Yeah, all right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I'm Chops. And with me, as always, is the Joker to my Batman. That is true. Craig WK. That's right. And this week, we are talking about Batman on the NES. And you better believe that we're going to pow, bang, <laughs> smack you into a grand old time on this episode. Yeah, this game was released uh, for the NES by Sunsoft on February 13th, 1990, to tie in with the movie. This action platformer stars the Dark Knight Batman, tracking down his nemesis, the Joker, to stop him from attacking Gotham City with nerve gas. Now, in the movie, that is the plot, kind of. He's using makeup cosmetics to, one, poison people, Uh and then also the parade poison everybody with his gas right but in this game it 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 kind of seems like it it follows the plot of the movie but it kind of doesn't yeah it's it's very very loosely based on the movie they had the licensing rights i you know but they could only do so much with it and so you know they basically just made an action game with batman and the joker and some of Batman's other villains, and you know, called it a day. Yeah, the originally they were going to have Firebug be the end of boss in this game, and then they ended up doing Joker. But they had those those cutscenes, quote unquote. Oh, uh, yeah, just like weird still images translated to the game of Jack Nicholson's Joker and um, Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, they have those at the end of the game. They also, I mean, they, they look pretty good. Like, the Batmobile looks yeah. pretty great. For you know? for NES graphics and, well, like, yeah. a conversion rate? Yeah. It looks pretty great. It really does. And, and, and so, like you said, this game's an action. Pl- it's a platformer game. It harkens, though, to another classic platformer, Ninja Gaiden. Or Ninja Gaiden, or however people uh, say yeah, it. Gaiden, yeah, it's, Ninja uh, Gaiden, yeah. Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's a good chance for us to talk about the, the gameplay. The big thing in this game is wall jumping. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. They, yeah, the controls are super tight. You know, they, they could have absolutely made this just a sloppy game, thrown it out there, because let's face it, you know, it's a licensed it's, game. It's Batman, it would sell like 
gold. Yeah, it'd sell no matter what, but Sunsoft went above and beyond and actually did a good job with all the controls and everything like that. So, you know, the, the wall jumping feels good. Well, I mean, the... Batman is the character is like a ninja detective. He's in yeah. he's he's uh, like with less than good words an American ninja. <laughs> yeah, like like pretty I mean, much. I would, I would, that's like a non what a non super powered superhero is. Uh, that you have to use their martial arts and mm-hmm. their physicality to do it and their gadgets because he's got he's got to have that that belt of gadgets. Yeah, and he does have a, a fair few weapons in this game. So Batman can punch. Yep. And then he has three other weapons. Like he has the batarang uh, that he throws out and it like you know loops around back to you. There's a a shot that like shoots into three. It's almost yeah, like it's a like spread. A, gun. It's like a rocket kind of. Uh, uh, dealy, right? It's like well, it, you have the it rocket blows and then splits into three. Yeah, and then yeah. you actually have a rocket. Right. Well, no, that's actually that is a gun. I thought. I mean, it, whatever the case may be, it, it is okay. a projectile that yeah, shoots yeah. straight ahead, which is whatever. weird. Batman doesn't use. I, I that's guns. why I presumed it was kind of like a rocket, like a concussive kind of force thing. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just those two weapons. I think. I mean, you, I don't know what else they could have done. Honestly, you need to have some variety other than batarangs, and I don't think grappling hooks would have worked uh, function functionally wise in this game too well. Um, no, but, not with the gimmick of the wall jumping and stuff. Yeah. That would have really been uh, either way too much, or I feel like maybe they couldn't have. Maybe if they had tried to do that as well, it would have been like, well, now we have grappling hook and wall jumping, but neither is done very well. Right, exactly. And and uh, as a Batman like character goes, he he is yes, he does have gadgets, but they're mostly to like aid him in movement and like detective work and mm-hmm. like like if you're thinking of the the '90s Batman. Uh, like the cheesy movies that came out, he's using like night vision goggles, or like his Batmobile can go up the side of a building. Oh. <laughs> like it's it's weird gimmicky stuff like that. But in this game, they kind of you have to come up with something within liberties of the character to help you have variety in those weapons. Because like if I'm going to play a Batman game and all I can do is punch and throw a batarang, I'm probably going to be pretty bored. Yeah, I'm glad that they threw in extra the the extra weapons and stuff, you know. They they did a good job of adding just enough to the point where, you know, there's a, a fair bit to choose from, but not so much that it's like, okay, like I have twenty weapons, which one am I gonna use? I don't know what any of them do. I don't care. I guess I'll just punch them. Right. You know, so the the and I feel like the level design too really lends itself to the wall jumping and whatnot. It's not just like it a one off gimmick, yeah. But like, there's so many parts of the levels where it's like platforms going up, and you have to wall jump and at the same time attack enemies as you jump onto the platforms and whatnot. And you know, it's it's not an easy game by any stretch. It's not, but it is done very well to the point where when you die, it's not because the controls were crappy or sloppy and it, it doesn't feel like it's the game's fault. It feels like it's your fault. It's execution. You know, yeah. it's definitely on the player and that was kind of the genius in this game design is the ability to wall jump gives you a little bit of flexibility in mm-hmm. how you progress in a level. Like there's a few points in the levels where there's split paths and routes that are harder to do execution wise. And then there's either ones that may just have more enemies that you have to kill. Yeah. But you can do, like you said, with the with the jumping, there's hitbox detection for the enemies and some enemies you can stun um so like when you jump and just before you land and you hit them or you punch them you can land and go through them mm-hmm. before without taking damage yeah and that's that is i think hugely used one it's using the speed runs of this game but just in casual play of it like because there's a ton of enemies and oh yeah if you're not in the right spot and you keep going back and forth they just kind of respawn um, now, I, I think enemies are, uh, that's a, a good time to chat about them as any. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of enemy uh, enemies throughout the game. So you have like little Roomba robots. <laughs> You've got, yeah, like, like I like to think of them as like someone bought a whole bunch of Roombas and, and then went to the BattleBots guys and they just made death Roombas. <laughs> I just imagined it was like really just like hacked together and it was like, Batman turns a corner of this like factory or whatever and just sees a Roomba with like a knife duct tape to the top <laughs> the and he's just masters. like, damn. <laughs> the Toy Masters. Yeah. He's really going low budget for his Super toys. low budget. <laughs> Super low budget. And, uh, you know, the the other enemies in the game are going to be like your goons. You just have random yep, dudes that run goons, forward. Like jetpack guys. You have also... Uh, the, who am I thinking of? The the crazy flamethrower dudes. Yep. You have guys with flamethrowers. Yeah. How do they 
get those in Gotham City. I mean, it's Gotham City. Like, uh, yeah, it's a it's cesspool the seedy of crime. underbelly of Gotham is full of nefarious guys mm-hmm. with all sorts of That's fun true. toys. <laughs> Uh, I also thought the claw guys were really kind of creepy. They're like they remind me of the Ed two three nines. Is it? Is it I think it's from Robo uh, from RoboCop. Oh, the bipedal uh, cop uh, bo- uh, robot that they had in that. Oh, okay. I it, can kind of see it that. Kinda, they kind of remind me of that. Yeah, the they they like jump back and forth in yeah. between you and like you know they they're like real mess you yeah. up. Yeah, if you if you like and one you have to collect ammo for your weapons. It's not mm-hmm. like it's unlimited. So if you're trying to kill these guys, they're gonna eat up a ton of your ammo and whatever it is because your battering isn't gonna do a whole lot of damage. A three shot is really what you want to use on those guys. Yeah. But yeah, they, if you don't kill them like right away, they're just gonna start jumping on you and just murder you. Mm-hmm. In his death animation, the song is great. But the fact that he like burns up like a phoenix when he <laughs> dies is so dramatic. Yeah, that's that's a little much. That's, that's, he's being a real extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, now I let's uh let's talk, talk a little bit about the uh, the levels. So in this game, you go through uh, about five levels. You have the Gotham City streets. Yep, you that's have the first level. Uh-huh, you have the Axis Chemical Plant, which from the movie is where the Joker fell yeah. in and you know became disfigured and went insane uh the gotham sewers is the third level the laboratory is the fourth level and then you have the gotham cathedral bell tower which is the uh, final level of the game and yep. where the finale of the movie takes place yeah you do uh have a final battle with joker in the bell tower and uh he like has these weird like lightning powers yeah it's he, so odd to me i mean they they needed to jazz it up a bit i feel like they could have maybe done something a little bit more fitting or or maybe they could have put like you know the generators at the top of the screen so you see like oh okay he's using some weird machine yeah because like two of the other bosses in this game are just machines they're machines there's one where there's like three machines and conveyors that you're running on and they're like have like flame pits it's like a weird yeah. saw-esque um death death, death room yeah, yeah it really is it's kind of weird yeah but although not weird for the joker your, i guess your first boss is uh fire bat or oh, killer moth uh, Killer Moth, that's it. And he like swoops in and, and like shoots lasers at you. Um, and that was cool because it was like, it was like, a, I, well, I don't want to say iconic Batman villain, mm-hmm. but it was a recognizable Batman villain. And it was a little bit, it was, I liked it because it was a nice lead in to what the game was about. But then you get the next boss is this robot room. Like, okay, I, I don't know what to expect now from this game. Um, but it, they're difficult fights if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joker fight is... i never beaten the game. I don't know if you've ever beaten it. Uh, I have never beaten it myself, no. Yeah. I've gotten pretty far on playthroughs, uh, but I've never actually beaten the game. I have seen the ending, uh, but I, yeah, I've never actually beaten it myself. I've, I've made it through the chemical plant to that robot room, and I don't think I've uh, beaten that one. There's the, and that's the one I'm talking about with like the three machines, not the one that has like the rotating squares. The rotating squares one is weird. That one's super difficult too because yeah. like you're gonna get hit. There's no way to dodge these things and do damage to to really progress. Yeah, I, I I'm sure there there's a must be a way. You know, I'm sure in speed oh, runs and stuff is. there is a way. But it's uh, pretty it's pretty cool. Oh, and then uh, another uh, a couple of villains. You mentioned Firebug. Yeah, uh, is a one of the bosses. He's like the boss before Joker. Yep. Uh, but you also have the Electrocutioner. Yeah, I don't. Kind I, of an I don't obscure. Know, I don't really know that character. I don't really either. Honestly, I didn't even really know much about like Killer Moth either. I uh, I did a little bit of research on each of the villains just to be fairly familiar with them, and like you know. With uh, uh, Firebug, it's like he was a demolitions expert and came to Gotham. That one's pretty well used because he's easy to use because of like uh, fireworks or explosions in in uh, the comics and like him using flamethrowers. Like, mm-hmm. like he's a that's a pretty easy trope of a character sure. to use. Electrocutioner is just like some creep who likes to hurt people. Yeah, that's weird. And then Killer Moth. According to the the what I was doing research on, Killer Moth is just like he was a regular dude who was in jail, and he was like, "Batman has had it too good for too long," and then he got out and like made this like millionaire persona, kind of like you know Bruce Wayne has. He's straight up crazy. And then yeah, and then alternatively, 
he he like looked into the you know like the world and was like what am i gonna emulate myself to fight batman the thing that bats eat moths <laughs> and it's like but killer moth did you not want to like just think about that a little more yeah maybe like a i don't know a bigger bat a bigger bat or a, <laughs> well actually do any bats eat bats i have no idea i think i don't know I of think, anything that eat bats was it hawks a uh, hawks and falcons owls. owl i would imagine owls and uh, like snakes and stuff how would a snake catch a bat? Oh, I've seen it in a uh, uh, documentary. The, they really? actually are in the caves where the bats rest. Or they're sleeping and, and as they go up. Well, no, they, it's while they're flying by. They just lash Snatch out. Snatch them out of the air. Well, there's so many of them. Oh, man. Which is real twisted. But, uh, that uh, is yeah. real twisted. It's real t- real twisted, but uh, uh, it's pretty great. I, if you're into nature documentaries. If you're not. Yeah, and if, you're, if you're into murderous snakes. Right. If you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> Who would be into that, though? Um... Mm. The uh-huh. the of of the levels, do you have a favorite one? I mean, the first level is hard to to go wrong with, just because it's it it like it gets you into it. It lets you do those wall jumps. It's not too difficult, you know, or anything. But it's still not like a super easy level. No, it's not. You get a good introduction into the mechanics of the game. And, I think yeah. and the wall jumping, like you said, the chemical that, plane is my favorite. Yeah, but it's hard as yeah. heck. It's got the stupid like slime or chemical parts that like drip on you. Oh yeah, and if you in in the game. You ha- you get pushed back when you get hit, mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of a knockback that can kind of screw you up if you're not careful, and and you'll just fall into a pit that's just going to continuously damage you, which is pretty annoying. So it, yeah. th- there is some difficulty and timing involved in it, but there are parts that are a little cheap, especially around the conveyor belts. Oh sure, sure. Now, uh, chops before we uh, dive too deep into everything, I do want to ask, uh, what is your sort of your first experiences with this game? Do you remember? I'm sure my brother bought this game or got it when when the movie came out. Uh-huh. Um, so you would have played it when you were a kid. I, yeah, I don't remember how. Maybe he maybe he borrowed it from a, a friend. But yeah, I remember playing it as a young kid. I was really into the movie when it came out. Uh, well, no, the movie came out in '89, right? '89, yeah. So I was only two at the time. But when I was old enough to really like start watching those movies, which was probably like four or five, because we watched those movies like stupid young. Well, you guys, I'm sure you know your brother would have owned it on like VHS or whatever, yes. and so oh, you yes. would have been watching it like that. You know, watched it all the time. And so this game was a lot of fun. It was a little outside of my skill level mm-hmm. at the time. Oh, sure. Even sure. to this day, I'd probably have to dedicate a good amount of time to beat it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as, as a kid. It's probably as soon as I could play it is when I picked it up. Yeah. I I honestly didn't get into Batman until like years later. Oh, really? I didn't even really get into the Batman animated series. Like it, like I knew like I had heard it was good. I just wasn't a huge Batman guy. I was more into the X-Men and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it came time for like Batman, it was like, oh, the intro song's cool. It's a little bit of a slower cartoon, whatever. Yeah. And by today's standards, the Batman cartoon held up way more than all the other superhero oh, cartoons. Yeah. The you animated know. cartoon is just the writing was superb. Mm-hmm. But I never really got into the the movies or anything. And in fact, I didn't even really get into Batman until not even Batman Begins. Dark Knight was coming out, and a buddy was like, "You know, I'm super excited for this. We got to watch it together." And I was like, uh, "Was there another Batman movie?" And he's like, "Yeah, D- Batman Begins." Did and I was like, "Was that a movie?" He was like, oh, "He was like, yes, man." He was like, "Go watch it." And I was like, "Yeah, it's on the movie channels. I guess I will." And I was like, man, Batman Begins? This is the dumbest title I've ever heard, which I still stand by. That is a very dumb title. However, it was a very good movie. I enjoyed it. And uh, and after that, I was like, man, Batman's kind of cool. He he was kind of lame. I'll be honest with you. In the beginning, it was kind of lame with your, um, who was it? Uh, Burt Ward as Robin and um, Adam West as Batman. That was the real gimmicky era oh, of Oh, yeah, that was, I mean, and, and that's kind of what I knew Batman, you know, like, because I would right, catch I on, like, TV. I think that's what most people are aged uh, uh, no, on Nick, Nick at Night. Yeah, like, yeah. Nick at Night and stuff. I would I would catch a little bit of that, and I'd be like, oh, man, Batman's lame. Well, I mean, like, and if you think about it, it kind of hurt the series. It had to break the mold of that mm-hmm. past, and then the 90s wasn't good for it either. After Batman from 89, the 90s. 90s movies kind of went downhill and yeah they really did to really come back from that with batman begins was a drastic change and i think an amazing twist not twist but like re reimagining of the character more more true to the comics yeah yeah because i mean it wasn't really a twist on the character 
when you're the one into the comics. Right. But in the but from the movie's perspective, when there were more of box office like hits or yeah. like like to be hits, you know, more more general audiences. Yeah. Um but the yeah the the series Batman Begins Dark Knight right uh, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises really I think brought in a lot of people into oh, the yeah. Batman generation so it's kind of sad that that you didn't get to appreciate the awesome animated series when it was running yeah that's true I that did not, was really good I did not get to appreciate it when I was uh, younger but I do to the, like to this day I definitely appreciate because I'm I'm kind of a cartoon guy well it has some of the best voice actors. Of in cartoons ever existed. Oh yeah, you have Kevin Conroy's Batman and yeah. Mark Hamill as Joker. They're, yes, they are the voices of those characters. Like yes. you know, don't be wrong. Jack Nicholson's great. Uh, Heath Ledger's performance was phenomenal. Michael Keaton's really good too. Uh, yeah, Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, and then now we're getting like a new Joker dedicated movie that yeah, supposedly with, with Joaquin Phoenix. It's like a it's like a period piece almost. It, it's it's interesting that like like all the critics are loving it and eating it up already, and it has not released for us as of this recording right uh so it's it's you know interesting to that there are so many good variations some not as good but mm-hmm. you know so many good variations of you know the voice work and acting and you know all this other stuff but uh you know to to have you know so many great options so to speak you know is is definitely uh really uh, it is. uh you know kind of a it's it almost get, makes us a little spoiled in a sense. It, it does. It gives you a little bit of variety too mm-hmm. in in the personas. Like this game, definitely does a good job of displaying the grittiness and and like slog of that Batman sometimes has mm-hmm. to go through. Like yeah. the levels look dark and there's endless waves of bad guys, but Batman trudges along. And that last fight with the Joker is a really cool standoff. That's how Batman ga- Batman comics are. It's him. One on one with his villain in that yeah. series. It's not like um, Superman games or, or or different stuff where you know it, maybe it's a little bit different of a style of, of boss fighting where you have multiple things going on. It's Batman and that guy, and he's gonna punch that person's face <laughs> until they're done. Well, you so. know, it's funny too that you know you have you know the when it comes to the retro scene. Superman got the short end of the stick. Oh yeah, he did. you know because in Superman NES game, it's really bad, it's awful. And then you even before then you had uh, like a really crappy Atari game yep. for Superman. Now Batman had a pretty crummy. Oh, what was it? Commodore sixty four game. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it, but I know bits and pieces, and I know it wasn't very good. But when Batman jumped to the NES, like he made out like a bandit. And then when it moved Batman and Robin to the Sega CD. That was okay. <laughs> you should listen to that episode. Yes, you should. You'll hear our opinions on that. Definitely go back to that one. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, even like, you know, the, the the movie tie-ins for the crappier movies, yeah, they weren't very good uh, video games. But, you know, you had like a Batman and Robin game on Super Nintendo. You had, yeah. uh, you know, there was a Batman beat him up on the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you had the Arkham series. Oh, yeah. And then it moved on into like the more current day, mm-hmm. like Arkham series and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of good stuff, but you know, there every every so often there's a crappy Batman game, but almost predominantly Superman's games yeah, are terrible. Majority of Batman games are good. I would say that. Yeah, I, th- I would say I'd say that's a pretty safe assumption. Without looking at an entire list right now and really cross-checking that, I think it's a fair fair to say. So, Craig, mm-hmm. for speedrun categories of this game, yeah, uh, there are two that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, any percent, okay, and pacifist. Where you can't kill any enemies. Yeah. So Except the, for what, bosses? Yeah. So okay. in the any percent run, first place is held by NDSWE. I don't I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. But it, they beat the game in nine minutes and fifty-five seconds. <laughs> it that is pure execution. Yeah. Watch that speed run. You will be amazed at what they do and how Coincidentally, they do it. I have nine minutes to spare. Oh. So yes, I, I can watch that. I hope yeah, it's it, ten minutes, because it's nine minutes and fifty-five seconds. I have a thing. Okay. <laughs> um, but second place uh-huh. is only behind it by two seconds. Ooh. Um, but for the pacifist run, yeah. here's the rules. You're not allowed to damage any enemies or otherwise hurt them or kill them mm-hmm. using your punch or sub-weapons. You are allowed to let enemies kill themselves. Um, there, there's, a, I guess, a spot in Act 2 where oh, the uh, runners field. will run into the electric fields and you can get them for ammo. Uh, and and then sub weapons are allowed during boss fights, but aren't of um, 
allowed otherwise during stages. So you can't use batarangs to stun guys. You can't um, kill like enemies that are like stacked on each other with sub weapons. You just gotta go around all of them. Okay. Um, that so the second place speedrunner for any percent is the first place person for the pacifist run. Oh, beat the game in thirteen minutes and five seconds. Wow, like less than four minutes difference, which is crazy to think of. Like eat all the damage boot damage you're trying to not take. You can't boost because you get knocked back. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. Well, I mean the the craziest thing to me is thinking about the fact that there are so many levels where you won't get ammo for your sub weapons, so or, you're punching bosses. Yeah, you won't get ammo or hearts to heal you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's that's rough. it's rough. I would imagine it's basically a run where you have to not take damage. Probably. I mean, and you got to know your enemy patterns like sure. down to a point, and, and the same thing with bosses. Like you can't mess up once. Man, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That I, I suggest you guys, everybody, look it up. I watched a speedrunner Arcus uh, play this for a while. He's got like the fourth or fifth uh, time in the category in any percent, but it, it's just so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It, it's so much precision. And, and and a lot of it, the timing of the buttons, cause like sometimes your inputs get eaten based on when you go to jump, it, oh. it, it, the jumping's a little weird like that, but, um, it's a great, it's a great game. I definitely recommend this game. If you're into platformers who you never played or even played a ton of NES platformers, this is one you have to check out. Yeah, this is definitely a, a game that is worth looking into for the Nintendo. And I definitely wanted to do a shout out as well for Last Action Podcast uh, because we've brought up the the Batman movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last Action Podcast is also on our network, Gamezilla Media. And uh, LPJ and Sphinx did. Did they have a guest with them? I don't, remember. I don't remember if they had a guest, but they did this movie. Yeah, they they absolutely covered the 1989 Batman movie. So, you know, if you're into action movies uh, or if you're just into Batman or whatever, definitely give that uh, episode a listen. Absolutely. But, uh, Chops, are are you ready to jump Ooh, right into the music? The music is so good. It's really good. I, I, I'm, I'm ready for any track. <laughs> Literally Let, any track of this game. Well, I'll tell you what then, Chops. Let's go ahead, take a brief pause. We'll hear a word from one of our sponsors here, and we will return. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com. And subscribe now. All right. So let's talk about the music and the composer. Uh, and well, composers, I should say. So there are two people who compose this game uh, Naoki Kodaka and Nobuyuki Hara, uh, who as a team have worked on many other Sunsoft Nintendo games with awesome soundtracks like Super Spy Hunter, Gremlins 2 The New Batch. And a personal favorite of mine, Journey to Silius. Great, great soundtracks. They, the, I, I mean, let's face it, Chops. The music of licensed games has no business being this good. Right. And all those other games I listed were licensed games or meant to be licensed games. You know, Journey to Silius was supposed to be a Terminator game. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's Gremlins 2. It's based on Spy Hunter. Yeah. Why would they put so much effort into like a licensed game soundtrack? All they have to do is take the main theme and do what the Simpsons did in their video games and repeat it as an ad nauseum, and they're going to be a okay. Because it's the right thing to do, Craig. It's the right thing to do. You're right. And, the- and it worked out amazingly. <laughs> Really did so. So let's go ahead and dive into our our first track. And so f- full disclosure, typically on Legend of Retro, what we'll do is we'll you know come up with a few tracks separately. And like when we get down, you know, sit down to start recording, we're like, okay, bring up this, this, and then, okay, all right, we're good. In this, me and Chops both were like, oh yeah, we we both have the same song, yeah. so we had to be like, ah, oh, what do we want for the next one? You know. <laughs> so let's go ahead and listen to uh, the the. First song. So this is the uh, the street uh, the track that's known as Streets of Desolation, which is for stage one and also stage five. Yeah. So let's go ahead and give this a listen.
chops. I, I kind of just want to keep listening to that. I could keep listening to that song on loop forever. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got a sick drum, like electronic drum beat in the background. And this, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, the only thing I can equate is electronic saxophone. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Or violin, I guess maybe it's supposed to be. I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sure what it's meant to emulate. Uh, per se, but it is phenomenal. It is. That, it is. That is probably one of the greatest Nintendo songs ever made. Yeah, I, I would say that. It's one of my favorite songs to look to uh, look for covers of. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a banjo, there's a guy called Banjo Ollie who does banjo covers of songs, and he does an amazing Streets of Desolation cover with a banjo. Um, with a banjo? It's so awesome. Yeah, he uses like the, 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 I don't know what it's called, the bass of the banjo uh, oh shucks! I have no like, idea. But it's like a drum too, you know. So he uses that for the do 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 for the drum beat oh. in there, and like runs his fingers around. Like it's so good. It's so good. And then you also have uh, the like the Giga Men. Yes, uh, they're are a pretty cool uh, their band. rock version of it is awesome. Yeah, they're uh, they're on YouTube. If you search uh, Giga Men, they have a really cool rock uh, uh, version of uh, yeah. the Streets of Desolation. And yeah, it's. I, but I mean, Streets of Desolation is one of those songs that does lend itself to the kind of the uh, remix community, uh, much of the same way that your arch enemy, the Moon from Ducktales, right, does. Right. Where just there is, there's like so many variants of it throughout so many different groups, and and you know, it's interesting that like you know, it's just that pervasive, and it's a licensed game. You just you know? can't get over that. I, I really can't. There are so many bad licensed games out there that, like, not only is this a good game, but the music is phenomenal. And, like, you know, music in a video game, as you no doubt know about me, Chops, is yes. very important. Yes. Video game music is a big part of what I'm into. And so, yeah, it's just it's super, super awesome to have that in you know this game. But I tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, jump right into another track. This is the, uh, uh, the track called Underground Conduit is for stage three. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Again, another great track. This whole soundtrack on repeat. The soundtrack of my life. <laughs> do you roam streets of desolation? Listen, I do. Beating up Roombas. That's right. Stupid Roombas. This song. They've is, had it too good for too long. <laughs> this song, as well as the next one we listen to, are also covered by the banjo guy. So like, Ooh. there's just like this. This it's like it felt like a like if we were in a high school rock band, we could cover this song. I mean, maybe you could, but I have no like talent. If we for had that. talent, is oh, what I'm saying. Like, it's yes. simple enough, yet there's a lot of flexibility in the aggressiveness of it that you could just make it be like a really solid rock song. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really, it, it kind of has that like grungy feel yeah. that lets you know you're in this underground area. You know, the music, it, like, it's not only great, but it is pairing very it's, well with it, the, the levels and the themes and stuff. The ambiance is just set perfect. Yeah. I tell you what, let's go ahead and listen to uh, stage four, the uh, track called Laboratory Ruins. Let's go ahead and give this a listen. (laughs) 
man, another banger. What's funny is uh, all these songs are great, but in the game, if if there's too many sprites on the screen, mm -hmm. the music starts to to lag with the game. <laughs> Oh, does it? Yeah, so every time I hear it, like, uh, after watching so many speedruns, there, there's obvious parts where that happens. Oh, sure. And in my head, like, I can hear the parts where it starts to lag. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not... Yeah, yeah. It, it's so it? funny that it does that, but, yeah, this soundtrack is just off the chains. It, it really is. It is... I. It, it, it honestly is probably one of the, the best soundtracks on the Nintendo. Not just, you know, like, because everyone talks about, yeah, Streets of Desolation is great. But really, all the tracks are awesome. Oh, yeah. The whole know? soundtrack as a whole. The boss fight music is great. Mm -hmm. uh, the death song is great. Like, it, the whole thing, everything felt like it had attention. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, the, the, the composers who worked on this game as well as a lot of Sunsoft's other, you know, uh, games, especially their licensed games, it's really sad to me that they didn't, they didn't seem to continue on and do a lot of other like video game things after those games. I couldn't find much else uh, outside the, of the SNES. I think I don't even know if those two. I mean, Sunsoft moved on. Oh yeah, but oh, those, those two composers. Two, I, don't I don't think they did much well, else aside from the Nintendo. What's games. crappy is like in this era of games when the NES and SNES, you didn't get a lot of traction, like traction or, or tracking of the composers, uh, unless they were your big title, like your Square ones or your Mario Brother one, like like oh, your sure. main flagship titles. Koji Kondo, yeah. Nobuya Matsu, Mega Man, sure, right? Yeah, yeah stuff. But, but, even, but the Sunsoft, like yeah, like you said, it's a licensed game developer. In my thinking, they're not really. It's the companies that want their game, want a game for their licensed product, selling to them. It's not Sunsoft saying we got the perfect composer for you. We got the perfect oh, game sure, yeah. So like they're probably just trying to get people to do the work, and then yeah, sure we'll put credits in. Maybe we won't because it's a licensed game. We're going to take all the money. Like <laughs> like that's what I think it kind of happened in this era. I mean, yeah the the. As a whole, video games from that era, the the creators of the games, the the people who deserve their names in the credits, yeah, a lot of the times weren't showing up, or they had weird pseudonyms. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want their names on there. Like, what? Well, it's not that they. Well, they themselves probably wanted their names well, on there. It's that the higher ups were just maybe. like, yeah, we don't need your names really, but you know, we'll we'll put it like like Capcom had a composer that for a lot of their early Nintendo games, they were listed as Yuki Chan's papa. Oh, that's weird. Right? Yeah. That's real weird. It's really bizarre. And I don't know if it was just like, at the time, they were just like, whatever, it's Being just a job, we don't care. It, yeah, like maybe they didn't really care, but I mean, they should have. I mean, they put a lot of hard work yeah. into this stuff. I mean, yeah, I guess in that time frame, like, who, how many people do you think are actually going to pay attention to your credits of the video game? They're just going to reset it and play again. Back in the day, probably not that many. Yeah, yeah. How many people actually made it to the end of a game? Yeah, yeah, there's that too, of course, especially with tougher games like this. Right. But uh, I tell you what, Chops, uh, let, let's let's get your hear your uh, last thoughts here on Batman for the Nintendo. It's a difficult game, but it's satisfying in so many ways that you f want to go through the work and getting good at the game and yeah. playing all the levels. I'm not gonna say you're gonna beat it by any <laughs> by any chance without putting a lot of time into it, but at least give it a shot to where you get to see the. The uniqueness of this game on the NES because there's not a lot out there like this. Mm -hmm. As far as platformers go, and in, in the market where like Mario and Mega Man kind of own that market, yeah. um, this is about this is about as good as it gets for licensed platformers. There's, oh yeah, there's nothing else out there that can probably go up to it. Uh, as far as license goes, I, I think the only games that hold, would hold a candle, as far as uh, not, maybe not necessarily exactly similar gameplay, but the just you know c control and fun factor would be like Capcom's Disney games. But like that's it. Yeah, th that's that's it though. But those are those really didn't take. I mean, like like some on the NES did, but they really didn't meet their 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 peak until SNES and Sega. Do you think so? Lion King, Aladdin, uh, like uh. like those are difficult, but they're awesome platforming games. I'd say something like Ducktales and like Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, is even but, a little better in my book. Uh, yeah, but I would still think that most people would of our age 
well, maybe even a little younger, would probably lean towards the Sega oh, the, and Super Nintendo. I mean, yeah, that's what Disney. There's more nostalgia, I think, for for you know our generation there yeah. for sure. I I would think so anyway. But uh, but yeah, Batman is phenomenal. And if nothing else, like if you can't track down the game, if you don't want to shell out the money for it, maybe you don't have a Nintendo lying around. Let's face it, licensed games are are tough to get on digital. Yeah, you're not gonna find them there. So your your no. only bet is physical. I don't think this game's relatively expensive though. I, I mean, it had to have been. They had to have made lots and lots of copies of it because of the popularity of Batman yeah. and stuff. So I would hope that it's not hard to find. But if it is, and you can't get a hold of it, and you know you're having trouble, at least you have the soundtrack online. Right. Exactly. You know, you could at least do that. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, Chops, let's go ahead and uh, jump on into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So, Chops. So, Craig. Typically, the glitch gives us really, really bad games. It's it's what he gets out of us, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like we enjoy talking about old school games, and, and yeah. Glitch does too, but like what he really likes out of our, our show and our, and our whole thing here is seeing us in agony and playing terrible retro games. But it's not like seeing us in agony. Like, like I, it's not that he really likes to see us, like, you know, being hurt and, like, you know, this weird, like, pain thing. It's just he likes to be petty and for us to play bad video exactly. games. Exactly, and, and, and put out... His own money to do it. I don't yeah. understand wh- why he he would do that. But. Now that's a little insane. I, I I don't think I'd pay for your bus fare to get out of my life, chops. No, I, I'm right there with you. I'm hoofing it. <laughs> so he had us play for the TurboGrafx 16, Keith Courage in Alpha Zones. Now TurboGrafx games titles typically are weird to me. They're very lengthy, or they're just like the most like weird string of words I've ever heard. You mean like Keith Courage and Alpha Zones? Who the heck is Keith Courage? What are the Alpha Zones? Like like they're so specific these games. But this game mm-hmm. beat all my expectations. It really did. I I was very nervous uh at the, like when he was like, "Yeah, let's go through all these Turbo Graphics games." I was like, "Yeah, I like the Turbo Graphics, but I feel like there's not that many good games right. on it." And then he pulled out this one and I was thinking like, "I feel like I've heard this is okay. Why but that can't be the case cuz Glitch chose it." And uh sure enough, he he uh, had us play a game that I believe in America was a launch title for the Turbo Graphics. Oh, okay. And it is uh the Japanese title is Mashin Euden Wataru, which is uh Spirit Hero Wataru, which is an anime. It's this is a oh, game okay. based on an anime. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so uh, I it, it's you you play this kid with like a sword and you like jump around this like you know, maybe an alien world, fantasy world, whatever the it case like may be. looks like a Japan like like esque world. Yeah, to some degree for sure. And so you're bouncing around fighting monsters, and then and eventually you get to a point in the level. It's like a hut at the end of the level. Yeah, like the shrine, shrine, shrine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you go inside, and you become well, a robot. Well, first, Craig. First, uh-huh. you get. A rainbow beam fall on your head uh-huh. that washes the character away. It fades to black. Uh-huh. And then it shows this small sprite of this robot. And then it starts doubling and tripling and getting bigger and bigger. And we're just like, what is this? Uh-huh. It's this robot with his giant kunai knife on his back. And he's like red and blue. And we're like, did he just turn into a robot? And then you're a robot for that, that rest of that stage. It was awesome. It was amazing. Of anything in my life that I would want to turn into after being bombarded with rainbow rays, it would be a robot. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I think number one is definitely robot. Yes, number one is robot. Number, number two, two is like, be like a giant version of yourself. Yeah, number three is like a mutant version of yourself. Yeah, like half, either mutant or android, like half metal, half human cyborg. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Number four uh, would probably just be like an elephant or an animal, like a regular animal. Number like five is uh, like, you know, bucket of water. A bucket of water, yep. Uh, form of uh, an ice bath. <laughs> Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, <laughs> but this game. Oh, let's yeah, Let's get back man. to this game. It, it is a little slow and, and, and 
clunky in the beginning. When you're a human, yeah, it's it's not bad. He's it's, like using like a, a katana, I think. Sword of something, something. Yeah, some kind of sword katana. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, you, you, you know, fight through some enemies. And then when you turn into a robot, you go like underground and you, you like, f- jump and move a lot faster. Yeah. And then you're like fighting robots that have like guns for heads and yeah, stuff. It's crazy. It's so weird. It really is. And the, the, the art is is pretty cool. The music isn't bad. Uh, the yeah. controls are pretty fun. It, oh, it's yeah. a pretty simple game. It's there's not a lot to it, other than your your human body turned into a giant robot. I was very excited to turn into a giant robot. I uh, I mean, it's it, like, is there much? Could there be much better? Than turning into a uh, robot, I mean, I, really? I think you reach your peak in life when you've become a giant robot. <laughs> After that, everything's just downhill from there. Oh, it really is. Now, uh, do you have you looked at the anime for this or I anything? Don't, yeah, I don't really know much about it. I uh, so when I when I bring it up, I the the picture I see looks vaguely familiar, but not because I it was ever brought to America. I'm very sure. I think it's just the fact that like I have vague memories of seeing it in like anime magazines oh, or okay. like or, or like early internet days or something cuz i uh, i uh, apparently the series first began in like 1988 i uh, oh i replaced the time slot for uh, transformers the headmasters well, danged. Oh, LPJ would be very upset to hear that. Yes, he would. I'm sure he would. Uh but this is a kid who turns into a robot, so it can't be all bad, <laughs> LPJ. I uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it seems like it's just kind of a, a generic fantasy story. Uh, you know, nine-year-old boy Wataru uh, Ikusabe uh, magically transported into a magical realm by a dragon. So it's got dragons in it. That's cool and too. Robots. robots and dragons. How could you possibly go wrong? Oh, he's got to fight demons. Yeah, that sounds about right. Man, that's I guess it's got everything I ever wanted in it. Huh? Uh, apparently, the the series uh, put like RPG game elements into it. So like when he when the kid Keith Courage or Wataru, however you you know want to refer Keith, to him. Keith, oh, Keith Courage as the American translation to this character's name is so American. Like, oh yeah, it's such a pat on their Keith own back. Courage. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> propaganda so hokey. maybe. Yeah, it's so hokey. But uh, but yeah, apparently when he goes through like dungeons in the series, like he like levels up. Like the like when he fights tough monsters, he gets more powerful. Interesting. Kind of weird. Yeah, I, I don't really know much about it. I uh, the uh, it does not seem like it really came out in uh, America in any capacity from what I can tell. Although I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a manga version you could read online or something or, you know, there was probably a fan translation because, you know, there fans, always is. Yeah, there just about always is a fan translation of just about everything out there. That's so great. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, you know, maybe someday we'll actually be able to to devote an episode to something like That'd be this. Cool. Yeah, I mean we don't it's not often. I, I but, would need to play it a little a lot more oh, yeah. to, to really do that. But yeah, I don't own a Turbo's graphics, so I guess I gotta hang out with the glitch. No, you don't have to demean yourself or anything, Chops. Next year, uh as of this recording, so in 2020, Konami is going to be releasing a mini Turbo Graphics 16. No way. Yep. Is this gonna be on it? It will, yeah, because this was a launch title. I'm very sure this is on there. I thought I saw it on the oh, list. If it isn't, then we'll hack it and make it happen. Boom, there it is. <laughs> Craig, on the 8-bit scale, what are you giving this game? Man, uh, maybe it's because of the fact that uh, I'm so used to really crummy games that I just want to put this on a pedestal. I, I think I'm going to go a uh, 6.5 or a 7. Oh, wow. I think a 6.5. I'm, I'm going to look at this very realistically. The, the, the parts where you're a human were lame because humans are dumb. Yep. The parts where you were a robot were a robot were awesome. So you're not always a robot. I, I'm going to go six and a half. If it was always robot, it'd be a seven. I'm going to go six. Uh, I didn't get to play enough to mm-hmm. really appreciate your robotness. <laughs> um, I still like the person, uh-huh. the human form mask uh, parts, but the robots is where it's at. And I, I need to play more of this game to, before I can give it a better score. But it's sitting at a six for me, which is high praise for a Turbo Graphics game. Because again, I have not played many, but the ones that I have played are garbage. Yeah, Glitch had us play quite a few that were not as fun. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed the Turbo Graphics 16. I, I mentioned, I think, in our Bonk's Adventure episode uh, that Xander and I did that the the TurboGrafx 16 was a real neat system. So I mean it definitely had a lot of potential. It just, you know, couldn't keep up it, in the American yeah, market and stuff, market. you know. Yeah. Uh but uh no, I I mean all in all, uh 
Keep Courage and Alpha Zones. The hokiest title ever. Uh, it definitely comes uh, pretty recommended uh, from Chops and I. Yeah. And if you want to see us play this, go to our YouTube page. You'll find our recorded retro relapse of our first impressions of this game. So you can see us freak out when you turn into a giant <laughs> robot because we legitimately did. It was, it was so great. great. Yeah. The, uh, the, just turning into a robot like how cool is that yeah i know so cool it, it's so hard to to top that i uh, but i uh, i tell you what i uh, uh, chops let's go ahead and jump on into our uh, music bracket now when it comes to the music bracket we've been doing uh uh character themes and so this week we have two that could not be different from each other not be more different than each other. Yes, what you said. <laughs> uh, so first up, we have uh, the theme of Nathan Drake. Uh, it's called uh, 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 Nate's theme. theme. Yeah, Nate's yeah. theme from Uncharted One. Now, uh, this was composed by Greg Edmondson and uh, Chops, myself, and I believe it was the Glitch did uh, an Uncharted episode. Yes, yes, uh, we did for Legend of Retro. So it, it's crazy to think this is over ten years old. Yeah, it really is yeah. kind of weird to think about that because that's our rules is it has to be 10 years old. Yeah. And it's crazy to think of all these games that are starting to become that 10-year mark. And I, rem- I, keep thinking, I remember like, playing them for the first time. Like, I actually remember it. <laughs> I don't remember anything, and I remember playing this game. So the the theme of, of, of Drake, though, Drake's theme is, uh, uh, you know, very high adventure. It's orchestral. Yeah. It, it's got a lot to it. It's, an, it's a, P- a PS3 game. Oh sure, you know, yeah. so it's going to have a lot more to it than what our net, our competitor is for it. Yes, it does, and not only that, but just in tone, in in like just the, the general composition. Kind we'll of, we'll just say overall composition. I mean, I wouldn't say the other is badly composed. It's just it's Completely made different. for a very specific character who is right. like the opposite of Drake. Yeah. So let's go ahead and listen to Nate's theme. It's a movie soundtrack, basically. It really is. And the, you know, it, it just makes me want to go out and fight like Nazis and get treasure yeah. and, yeah, it, flying biplanes. Yeah, it really does. It does. I don't know why. Fight like any, pirates. Any adventure soundtrack to a movie or video game, I just think of old, old timey biplanes and like blimps and stuff. What's weird is I when I think biplane the reverse I always think of the soundtrack to like Super Nintendo Pilot Wings which is super really? mellow oh, okay. just real mellow uh, but I uh, it's going against like the opposite <laughs> yeah yeah this, this is weird so, this weird matchup so. I don't know like we say this a lot like I don't know how this is gonna go I I I legitimately I don't know anything about how so how you can like um, if you played both games. Uh-huh. And you like both games. 
how do you decide between the two which is going to be better? Uh, so so let's just get into it. So the 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 theme that is going against uh, Nate's theme is the theme of Pokey from Earthbound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Earthbound was composed by Hirokazu Tanaka and Keiichi Suzuki, who are two amazing composers. However, Pokey is not adventurous. He's kind of a slime ball. And so it really comes through in this very kind of obnoxious theme. I like the theme, but it is a little on the like, I mean... When I think Pokey, you know, like when I think of Nate, I think of like, like, let's go on an adventure. Yeah. You know? When I think of Pokey, Courageous. I think like, like, hey, Ness, what's going on, neighbor? You yeah. know, I just think yeah. of this really annoying, uh, teeth gritting, ear piercing character. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and give Pokey's theme a listen. <laughs> Noxious and you hate him so bad. That's the whole song. That yeah, it's it's a quick loop. I mean, Pokey's theme in Earthbound does not play very often. It plays maybe a couple of times in the game, like two, three times tops. That, that bass line just sounds like farts. Like and someone made a fart noise at their mouth. And that's kind of the point, honestly. Er, Pokey is I I would argue like just about one of the worst villains in video game history. Not because he's a bad villain, but because I just hate him so much. So he's the best villain because you hate him so much. Kind of, but I hate him so yeah. much. It's a really weird loop, and and like I, I'm always into the villain, so I definitely appreciate his character. And he he really kind of comes full circle in Mother Three, the sequel to Earthbound. Uh, you know, where you kind of see the fate of Pokey and find out what happens to him. And I won't reveal anything because it's kind of heavy, surprisingly heavy for that kind of game. I don't know anything about it, so I'll have to talk to you after. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, for anyone who's a fan of the Mother series, they they know what it's all about, of course. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, the, the two songs uh, for, you know, this week's and, matchup. And it couldn't have been more different eras, too. <laughs> right. like, like, this is Super Nintendo. Uh, Super Nintendo, yep, going against PlayStation, PlayStation 3. 3. Yeah, there's no big gap between there of, of technology. There is. And so I, I think this will be a good indicator for whether people are going off not only nostalgia, but also, uh, you know, the characters themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the music for us, but, you know, how you vote is up to you, of course. And there's a lot of different ways you can vote. So you have our Facebook page, Legend of Retro. You have our uh, weekly vote on our Twitter page. You also, if you're a member of our Discord, if you go, if you don't have that link, you can just go to uh, GameZillaMedia.com. There's a link on the site there, and you can join our Discord. That gives you a vote uh, there. And then finally, if you're also a member of our Patreon, you also have a fourth vote there. Votes definitely count. We've had some pretty close calls before, honestly. Like some have come very, very close. Yes, so. yes. Down to Discord as the decider, or uh, Patreon as the decider. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's just down to the wire like that. So, so definitely uh, get out there and vote. And as far as the Patreon goes. And if you'd like to join our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. And for $1 a month, that gives you access to the extra vote. It also gives you early access to our Retro Relapse videos. And it gives you some other content from the other shows on the network. But for $5 or more a month for supporting the show, you also get a monthly bonus episode from The Legend of Retro called Game Shark, where we cover uh, an assortment of, you know, games and, you know, topics. Topics. Yeah, focused on maybe specific things. Yeah. And, and if you want to hear who picked what song, you can find our draft on Patreon as well. Yeah, you absolutely can. And if I'm not mistaken, and I, I could be timing this out wrong, so if I am, I apologize to our listeners, but I'm pretty sure that when this episode goes up, our Patreon episode will be up uh, for the month uh, coming up, you know, pr- you know, pretty soon after that. And we cover uh, it's uh, Xander and I. We cover uh, all of the the new Super Nintendo games that came to the 
uh, Switch Online. Oh, nice. So, yeah, if you're on the fence about it, if you're not sure about some of those games, maybe if you haven't subscribed to Nintendo Online, you have a Switch and you're kind of, you know, and eh, not 100%, definitely give that a listen and we can give you a little bit of insight into each of those games because we have pretty good experience with just about all of them. I wonder if Earthbound will ever make an appearance on there. I'm sure it will, and I'm sure it'll be like three years from now, and they'll be like, we love you guys so much, here's Earthbound. And we'll be like, but are we ever going to get Mother 3? And they'll be like, yeah, here's Earthbound. And that's how it's going to go. Yep, that's how it's going to go. It, it will. It'll be almost exactly that way. But uh, Chops, uh, we, we've talked about Batman. We've talked about weird anime that never made it to America. We talked about Earthbound. We've talked about a whole bunch of stuff today. I think it's about time that we uh, wrap things up. I couldn't agree more, Craig. We'll see y'all next time when, when the, the legend continues. continues.